Welcome to Entrepreneurship Lab, a space for all entrepreneurs who want to start, grow and sell their business. In this podcast, we will cover different topics of entrepreneurship, from starting your business, finding your clients and branding yourself. You will be learning everything about marketing, finance, scaling your business, and much, much more. As your host, Nevena Bajalac, I'm welcoming you to my lab where you will together with me create, learn, and grow. Welcome. everyone and welcome to the new episode of Entrepreneurship Lab. This is your host Nevena Bajalac welcoming you once again and as always I'm bringing you some interesting information to help you scale your business and today I have a special guest. She's currently based in France and uh, we're going to talk about something very interesting and very important for every entrepreneur, especially when you're a startup, um, and that's delegating and outsourcing your tasks because it's very important that you stay productive um, and you focus on important tasks in your business and outsource the others. So let me introduce you my special guest that I'm very excited to have today. Her name is... Uh, Barbara Turley and Barbara is founder and CEO of Virtual Hub. She's also an investor entrepreneur herself and Virtual Hub is a company that she scaled very quickly where she helps businesses um, with outsourcing and getting them help with different virtual assistants and she will tell us a little bit more in details right everything they are doing but her business grows so much and when I got in touch and got this information about Barbara, I was very excited to bring her on because I think delegating and outsourcing is something that a lot of startups are struggling with. And I'm excited that Barbara can help us today. So welcome, uh, Barbara, to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Navena. And I'm excited to explore this topic. I have a lot of very uh, you know, good and interesting views on what startups should be doing in this space and why it's so difficult. So we can delve right into that. Yes, I love it. Before I go to, I'm very like tactical and and strategic, so I like to ask specific questions. But I wanna, I want you to tell us a little bit more about how uh, you started with Virtual Hub, what what led to it, and how it grows so fast, right? So tell us a little bit more about background story and what did you learn on the journey before we actually explain to people and give them some tips. Yes, and I think my story in itself is like a lesson in in, in a class in, in you know tips ramps and stuff I found out accident business at all. Um, it was very much by accident. I never had an entrepreneurial bone in my body. I was in corporate. From a very early age, I always wanted to work in high finance, which I ended up doing. I spent 15 years in the um, investment banking industry. Uh, and to be honest, it, it came to a point in my life where as a woman, I realized I didn't really want to be a corporate mom. So any of the corporate moms out there, I want to high five you because I think it's the most the hardest job in the world to do is to is to hold down a corporate career um, as well as being a great mom. And I wanted to launch my own business. And um, a few things happened. I My first foray into business was uh, sort of ruined by the 2008 financial crisis because I left my job with a grand plan. I had no plan, but a grand plan. 
And I, the financial crisis came along and I was like, well, clearly that's not going to, it's not a good time for starting a business right now. So I tried to go back to the financial industry and couldn't get a job at all. It was really difficult. And um, I ended up getting a job. I, I took a maternity leave contract from an, another lady that was leaving a job. Um, and from that, I ended up um, working at Deutsche Asset Management in Sydney and cut a long story short, as the financial crisis rumbled on at the time, I ended up doing my first big investment. I got an opportunity at that time to get involved with a group, a very clever bunch that were buying a business um, out of Deutsche at the time in Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, I hopped on the coattails of that. And I, I, I had a great journey there working there and being a shareholder there and learning how great companies get built. I mean, that was, you know, and I'm still actually involved in the company today. I still consult a bit to them and and do some work for them. So after about five years of that, I decided that it was time for me to, again, look at launching my own business. Um, and I started out doing some business coaching. So I left that and I was doing some business coaching. And to cut a long story short, I honestly was finding any business I was coaching had the same problem. And I'm sure you'll see this and your listeners will know this problem where if they didn't grow, um, they weren't going to be able to hire staff. And if they didn't hire staff, they weren't going to be able to grow. So this constant problem of like, I'll just keep doing everything myself until I can grow enough to hire staff. And of course, I had read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week book. And I had a VA myself in the Philippines and um, I started saying, well, how about we get some of my VA's friends to help you out in your business so that we can get on with strategy. And before I knew it, I was getting more calls for VA's than I was for business coaching. And one day I was like, I just found myself, I literally found myself in this business sort of by accident going, I think I'm running a business here. And, you know, the lesson in it is that I had no business plan, no website, no nothing, but I had an offer and it was something that people wanted me to help them with. And eight years later, we've got 300 employees in the Philippines um, and we're rapidly scaling now. So, you know, it's taken eight years to build it, but, you know, here we are today. So we help clients all over the world today. That's amazing. And I know being in Dubai, we I work personally also with so many people from Philippines. They're such a hard worker, very professional, and they look for opportunities. Yeah. So it's amazing that you were able to connect them actually and outsource and give opportunity to people who are looking to, yes. you know, help. Um, okay, yeah. amazing. I love the story. Um, and we will talk a little bit more how you actually help and if listeners need any help, they can reach out to you. Uh, but I want to ask you, so you mentioned there is this constant problem we see actually that people need to grow to outsource but then they are like they cannot grow if they don't hire staff so how you think we can overcome that and i also see with a lot of uh, even myself um before i started outsourcing i was struggling a little bit if, you know there is a trust and on the quality that somebody will maintain the quality of your work um and deliver and you have to put in time to train the person so it's not an easy step from being a, a freelancer i will call us freelancer and self-employed because often a lot of people don't even have a business but they're actually self-employed so they're just working yeah. for themselves so how do you move from that level what do you think will be the first step to overcome that yeah so first thing i would say is that everything that you've said and everything you're feeling and thinking is true it is not easy to get this right. So a lot of people beat themselves up about it, go, why wasn't I able to get it right? I can tell you, I've hired thousands of people at this point. And it is it is difficult recruiting, training, managing, 
getting the right fit, you know, all that stuff is actually very, very difficult to do. Um, now, that doesn't mean you can't do it yourself. Of course you can. You can go on to Upwork and Freelancer. You can find people direct. And if you're only looking for one, you can get a home run on the first one you hire. Like it can it can actually be that simple. Different for us because we're hiring lots of people all the time. So it's it's, you know, we have to scale it and get it right. But there are a few tricks to it. So the number one thing, I think one of the problems I see, particularly with solopreneurs or freelancers or, you know, people starting to, to build in build phase is they kind of get really, really, really busy and then they want help yesterday, but they haven't quite figured out what they want the help with. And they have. So that's part one. And then they have a sort of a misaligned expectation as to what an assistant is versus what a specialist is. And I always see people first of all, expecting too much from the assistant role. And then in the Philippines, you get a bit of a yes culture problem going on. So you can have people saying yes and not really knowing how to do stuff. Training is a major problem. And um, of course, I saw this early on, like in the first VAs that I actually placed. I'll be honest with you, most of them ended up a disaster. Like, you know, and the reason they were a disaster was for two reasons. Number one, I rapidly realized that when I wasn't the one managing the VAs, if I let the client do it, they weren't that good at delegation. They weren't that good at systems and processes. And that was something that I found accidentally that I was quite good at. And I thought everyone was good at it, but actually they weren't. No. So that's problem number one. Yeah. Like you, you sort of think like whatever your expertise is, you think everyone's yes. good at that. I was like, but why would you want me to manage them for you? I mean, you can do it. But I realized that delegation, you know, process mapping, all of that stuff is actually quite challenging for a lot of people, um, particularly business owners and entrepreneurs. And the second problem was training of VAs. So you would get VAs with these amazing resumes that would say they can do all this stuff, but usually they're self-taught or they learned from a different client and there's lots of bad habits and there's lots of issues. So at the virtual hub, what I actually did was I decided, right, instead of being a recruiting model or the outsourcing model, what we actually do now, and this is why we've been quite successful, is we actually hire people I don't look for VAs. I just look for great people, great cultural fit with the right smarts, the right English and the right ability to be trained. And we run our own training programs and we actually manufacture our own VAs. So we actually train people to be great VAs. And then simultaneously, we actually train clients on how to get the right operational framework in place so that your delegation ability is better. So we have like, you know, over 400 process maps that we've already done. We have a full list of what every VA can do. And we help clients to set up tools like, you know, something like Asana or Trello. You know, these project management tools are extremely useful when you transition from just on your own to now having to delegate and collaborate with somebody else. And um, email is a disaster, right, for example, for task allocation. So it's these frameworks that actually really help uh, and focusing on systems, processes and delegation and teams um, that help to bridge all those gaps. And still, it's not easy, right? But you know, those those that helps a lot, yeah. But I like I like uh, your model. I like that you because I think the character and uh, the mindset a little bit, and and certain things you cannot train in people. So when it comes to skills and tasks, people can be trained, but we have to look above their training. Or we all been there, right? Either in corporate uh, works that we had, or in our companies yes. where you hire someone, they're perfect on paper but they are not the right terrible on the job exactly. are terrible on the job. I mean, we've had <laughs> yeah. people apply who were brilliant VAs on paper, like actual loads of experience. Yeah. And then we've sort of gone, how was that such a disaster? So, you know, we, we have a set of core values, like most scaling companies these days. And one of our core, two of our core values, we literally hire for them because you can't train it. Energy and enthusiasm is in our DNA. 
So like if this person does not have energy and enthusiasm built in, like we can't change that. So negative, like victim people, we just, you can't do anything with that. Um, and number two, um, we stay curious because you have to have a curious mind and to be able to dig and dig and dig until you find the answer, particularly when you're a virtual assistant, because often you're given stuff to do that you have to dig around and find solutions for. And, you know, we try to recruit that. So we have that sense in people. The rest is training. You know, we can train all of the other stuff uh, within reason. So um, and that's why we've been successful. You know, that's why we've done it that way. Another issue that I'm seeing when myself and because I'm an entrepreneur and I work with so many investors, so many entrepreneurs, and when we talk about, and especially some people who have so many multiple businesses, they tell me it's so hard to find someone because like you said, they would, they either have a yes culture. So they would say yes, but they're not able to do it or they would just do what they're told. So for example, if they're told, hey, find me the hotel, they will just find the first hotel and book, let's say, for a business trip without understanding how far this person has to travel to their meetings, you know, not being kind of solution oriented or thinking like that entrepreneur is thinking, understanding their lifestyle, which is kind of, uh, you know, like you cannot expect because they don't know how the lifestyle and what they have yes. to do. So are you facing those type of issues? Because this is what a lot of investors and big, business owners I'm spending time with are telling me that they're struggling with their assistants, that they don't understand sometimes how they think and how many things they have and, and actually don't solve things ahead of time. You know what I mean? They're like yeah. they're reactive than proactive. Yeah. So, and I think to be honest, this problem exists, whether you're recruiting in the Philippines or you're recruiting in America or you're recruiting in Australia, I've seen this problem and Absolutely. it's it's really, um, you know, I heard Gary Vaynerchuk actually had a video out the other day, right? And I, it was brilliant, right? It was on uh, LinkedIn. And he said something like, I'm always asked this question, how do I get my employees to care as much about my business as I do? And he was like, I'll give them one simple answer, make them equal partners. And I, I think that there is a sense that, of course, you want you want your people to show initiative, to take an interest, but there has to be a kind of a setup in the beginning, which is hard to do where you have to kind of explain to somebody that's working for you what it's like to work with you. Like, so I always say like, you know, make sure that you're really clear on what things drive you mad. Like, just be clear about it. Go like, it drives me mad. Like, for example, all my team know that it drives me absolutely insane if I don't know what's happening. So I'm like, I would rather be overloaded with updates and then I can re, I can say, okay, you can cut it back this way than to have no updates at all. So when someone says to me, well, I didn't really want to flood your inbox and I didn't want to, I'm like, no, 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 you do that. And then I'll tell you what to do because it drives me mad not to know what's going on. So that's just my, my little thing. So I think there is a kind of a discussion when, particularly if, a, if an assistant is like an executive assistant where they're helping with your life, your bookings, your calendar, they actually need to know you. They need to know a lot about you and how you operate and how you like things and don't like things. And I think that's a sort of a responsibility of both sides to get together and actually collaborate more on that. Mm -hmm. So I do think there is a bit of onus on the person delegating there to kind of realize that they don't they can't read your mind. And unfortunately, you might want them to think the way that you do, but they're just doing their job, really. So so that's one thing. And um, yes, culture. I think, look, we try to recruit for people who have an opinion and who are not afraid to share an opinion. But it's hard, right, because, you know, these are assistant roles. I think one of the things that's very beneficial about what we do is, of course, we're, we're, we don't just have one VA. 
and we, how we service client accounts. And I know I'm kind of pitching the virtual hub here, you know, but I, the, the reason I've built it this way is because I've been trying to solve all the problems that you're talking about. So all of our client accounts have obviously a VA, but they also have a results coach and a client success manager. And the three of those people actually work together to make sure that we're aligned. The VA is doing the job, but the results coach is making sure that are we actually fulfilling on the goals that we've set with this client? What are the objectives and key results we've set for this client? Um, and is the VA, VA overwhelmed or does the VA need more training or are there some communication gaps? And we're sort of filling that gap and making sure that we can um, get success and not allow these issues to, to come in. But if you're on your own with a VA, it's worth having that conversation and just being open about it and being candid and saying, I really need this to happen this way. If they continue not to do it, then you're probably talking about a will issue and not a skill issue. Then it's a HR discussion. You know, maybe they're just not a fit for you, to be honest. Yeah. 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 I want to ask you just a question came to my mind. What is one thing that people should delegate, but they struggle the most to delegate, but they, they really should delegate? from your experience oh that's a great one because everyone's going to expect me to say email right like every other company is going to say email i don't delegate my email <laughs> i don't because I don't, I, just, I don't delegate my no. email i'm like i, I have the time when i respond my emails and i'm on top of it and yes yeah so for me i want to know your experience that, yeah. it's not that i'm on top of email i just have a theory that you should eradicate email now i could talk for an hour about that so that's a whole other topic right um you know i think there's too much email going on um what should you delegate? Um, okay, I'm going to make this broad. Anything that you're doing more than once, right, that has a, a process and is trainable, you should delegate. That's what I do. I mean, the minute I have to do something more than once or twice, I'm like, there's a process here. I'm going to process this up, systemize it and delegate it. And then I'm going to circle back. And after you delegate something, Here's the real trick. You got to delegate it and then you got to see how that person performs doing those steps. And you have to have a process map, right? So you got to, you know, yeah. how does that person perform? And then when the mistake comes up, you see the mistake as a gift and you say, okay, this mistake is showing me where there's a hole in my process or there's a hole in the training or there's a hole in the IP I have in my head as I do a process compared to the IP this person has in their head by doing this process. And there could be an IP gap, but that could be solved by just adding another step. You know, so it's just iterating your process. And people would say, that's so tedious. I don't want to do that. I hate the idea of doing that. And I just say, well, you you know, you could take a step back and do this work now. It is tedious, but so that you can move faster later. Otherwise, in one year from now, I guarantee you, you'll be doing exactly the same thing as you are today and you won't have moved an inch. I mean, that's the reality. So that's yeah. my view on delegation. Yeah. Yeah. But did you notice something that, uh, I don't know, people are really afraid because I, I I learned this sentence from one of my coaches and consultants. There is no, um, if you want to grow, you need to let go of control, right? So there is one part. But again, like you said, when you build those steps and processes, in the process, you're going to have a lot of mistakes, but that's how you scale. You need to constantly build SOPs and you know procedures yeah. and be very clear how things are done. But is there something from all of this experience that you feel like for your clients that that yeah. you you hired for, for virtual assistants that they're really struggling to give give a let go of yeah because i don't fundamentally believe that you should let go control i think that is utter codswallop i don't give away control at all 
I think you can give away a certain amount of control to people at the upper levels who know exactly what they're doing, right? But in my opinion, the the way the reason entrepreneurs are are afraid to give away control is because we are control freaks because we're good at what we do, right? And it's okay yeah. to be that way. That's the reason we are entrepreneurial. That is the reason because not everyone has that flair. So for me, I figured out pretty quickly that I don't like to give away control, but I actually don't have to if I control the process. And if I actually delegate the process and then I get feedback loops and I'm like, so if somebody's not executing the process, I can go back and be like, so why, you know, and it, the process also, I, I make sure that I have Asana running so that recurring processes, I can see work getting done all the time. Now I'm not micromanaging. People might think, well, that's you micromanaging. I would say that's active management, which is different from micromanaging. Once yeah. the process is set and the person is trained, I let them off doing it. And then I need reporting back on how it's going and is it done and what results are we getting from doing this process? And I build that into the process. And in that way, I actually maintain control while giving up control completely, sort of. You know, I create a structure and allow flexibility within a structure. So that's my advice is don't don't feel like, oh, I can't let go of control and that's my problem. Don't let go of control. Just build structures that mean you maintain control, but somebody else is doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. What is uh, one advice or a tip you would give to everyone listening? I have a lot of startups, a lot of entrepreneurs in this podcast, self-employed yeah. who need the next step to outsource and hire. So you're going to tell us a little bit more uh, in yeah. a minute about specifically what you guys help with. But what is maybe you gave us a lot already, but what is a tip or an advice or something from yeah. your experience um, that can be very helpful for everyone listening? Yes. So I'm going to give you sort of two. And the first step is when you're a startup and you're on your own, everything is marketing and sales, right? All the other stuff, the fancy bells and whistles can come later. You know, the tidy house and all that stuff. Everything is marketing and sales. And the first person that you should bring on, again, you're going to think I'm just talking my own book here, but I'm talking it because I've lived this. The first person you bring on is a general VA who is quite, uh, can cut across lots of areas and can be your wing wingman or wingwoman. So you can say, hey, can you take this document and do this with it? Hey, can you go out and do that? And you're sort of, there's, there's, there isn't really a process that's just kind of like, they're literally sitting beside you online. But during your working hours, this is why I, I strongly recommend working in the same time zone together um, and being like your wingman or wingwoman. And they're doing stuff for you and they can do a lot of that marketing stuff. You want a lot of those marketing processes, sales, follow up, this sort of thing, like any of the admin and support around marketing and sales. When your product is selling, your product or service is now selling and you know that the thing you started is now selling. Right. So now you're getting into scale up mode. Right. When you go into scale up mode, then you have to start looking across departments and going, OK, now we have to systemize and operationalize and get all the systems running in each department and the processes. And then we start to need to start delegating those things. And that's when you start to scale something. So I hope that makes sense. It's like, you know, I think For I me, see yes. people looking at operations <laughs> when they're a startup. I'm like, don't worry about operations. Just get sales. Right? That's kind of what you have to do. Yes, because uh, in my company, we also we, we we help either someone who is a startup and that's all, like you said, focus on marketing and sales. And I always say you don't need even paid marketing and ads. You need no. to sell organically to be able to develop those skills, penetrate the market, like you said. And then with big companies uh, or even media-sized companies, they're yeah. growing, but they don't have SOPs. They don't have systems. So they need someone to and help And it breaks. Them, right? Yeah. To, like, just so what ends up happening... Well, you know, for the startup solopreneur, what happens is they're just 
they're doing too much themselves. And if they don't stop, they're not going to grow. Right. So you have to delegate down the assistant type stuff. You may yeah. need there's also a high low strategy. I'll just tell you this one. You also if you have a great assistant, sometimes you can hire the expensive consultant because you only need them for two hours a month and the VA can do the work. So you might get a marketing consultant to actually help you with strategy. And then the two of you together can roll that out, you know, and um, but then when you find businesses that are scaling, the problems that occur there are firefighting, you know, overwhelm of the team, confusion and mistakes, paying people 150 grand a year who are doing $10 an hour jobs for half the time and systems start to break. There's no processes. And then you can't scale that because no matter how many much marketing and sales you do, the bucket is just leaking all the profit out the bottom. That's actually what's happening there. So that's yeah. a different sort of problem. Yeah, different. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I want to just wrap up this episode. I would love for you to tell us a little bit more what you do at uh, Virtual uh, Hub and uh, yeah. how our listeners, if they need help, if they need a virtual assistant, they're ready for that step. Can they reach to you? Yeah. Can you find them the right fit for them, right person? Tell us a little bit more about your process, the whole process of sure. onboarding and helping entrepreneurs. Sure, sure. So first of all, a very important point. We are the virtual hub. And I'll tell you why. There is another company called Virtual Hub. <laughs> There's a few of them actually around the world um, doing different things. Anyway, we are the virtual hub. So we are just because some people have said, oh, I spoke to someone and we ended, they were talking to a different company. So they're not us. Um, so the virtual hub.com is us. Um, so the thing that we do, if somebody's looking for an accountant or um, a specialized kind of role, we don't do that. Right. My philosophy and the way the virtual hub is built is all around the fact that I think any business, if it's one person, we want to make sure that the time of that one person is used on stuff that moves the needle and they're not bogged down in the in the busy work that is required and is important and needs to get done. So we've got to figure out like what layer of their work at the moment should they be freeing up their time with. Right. So we want an assistant there. In scaling companies, we do the same thing, but across the business. We're saying like, let's delegate down the 30% of tasks that are happening throughout this company um, that are stopping the key people from doing the work that moves the needle. Okay, so a virtual assistant, unfortunately, the term has been very has been treated very broadly in the market. And it's like anyone with a heartbeat who can type through to someone who can code an app. And I'm like, that is just too broad. You've got to make sure that you're talking about business processes, an assistant that's going to be your wingman or wingwoman in a department or in the whole company and can execute process. So that's number one. Um, at the virtual hub, we handle the most most of the training. And before we 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 actually are not a recruiter and we're not really an outsource model in that we actually hire people for ourselves. This is one of the key things that we do. We actually have recruiting teams that are recruiting for us, and we're recruiting great people that we like the look of, we feel they're going to be, we know that our, we know what our clients are looking for. And then we have our own training platform and everyone goes through our academy basically for weeks on end, sometimes a few months before we would ever consider even showing them to a client, right? So when our clients are coming in, we have very much helped to productize up the offer so that people know that the bucket of type of VA that they're looking for. And that makes it really simple. So you don't have to write a brief and you don't have to figure out the role. We actually help you to figure that out. Um, and then, you know, 98% of the meetups that we have, we call them meetups and not interviews. People choose someone on the first go. So there's no loads of resumes, interviewing loads of people, none of that. We want to get a home run on the first go. 
Um, and then we handle, we do a personalized training roadmap for every client account once the pairing has happened. And that personalized training roadmap happens outside the client's time. It's run by the results coach with the VA to make sure that we're upskilling that VA in anything else that may, they may need specific to that client account. So I hope that makes sense. We also have a new arm of the business, which is very exciting. Um, of course, our core is a VA business in the Philippines, but invariably what we have found is our clients need help with their systems, the platforms they're using, the implementation, the process mapping, all that sort of thing. So we have an entire other department now called, um, it's basically our uh, operational efficiency consulting and implementation team. And we do that for all clients as well. We offer everyone who wants it a free call with our consultant to have a look at their systems. And of course, then we charge if we if they want some work done. But we can offer that as well. So we, we, we feel that we're like a sort of a one-stop shop now for operational efficiency across platforms, processes and people. That's really what we want to do. That's amazing. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to share a link to your website uh, in the description of this episode. So everyone yeah. who listen, if you want to connect, reach out to the virtual hub and Barbara, you can do yeah. so. And yes, uh, take the next step, take the leap. And yeah. uh, it's time to outsource and delegate and grow. Thank you, Barbara, so much for being here today, for taking the time and sharing all your experience and knowledge and I'm sure listeners will love it and benefit from it and um, I hope I will have a chance and we will uh, interview you very soon again I'd love to that'd be great thank you for having me <laughs> thank you Barbara once again and thank you everyone for listening uh, I will see you in the next episode